everybody and welcome to the LHC. We're down here at Terminal Dogma once again to talk about the second Evangelion movie. Evangelion I thought we were in Vatican 2. City. 2. 2. Uh, you're thinking of the Vatican Treaty, which gets brought up. No, no, yeah, so, uh, or we could be in the Dead Sea Scrolls, or we could be, just pick any Christian thing, and we could be in that. Like, oh my god, they name everything randomly, just, just like they just pulled all the Christian and well, yeah, it, words it was, out of a hat They famously for said the they, naming of everything. That's literally what they did. They said they did that to make it seem different to uh, other robot shows. Because other robot shows, you generally go with deliberately idealistic, like super idealistic, totemesque type stuff. You mm. know, best one example is Brave Rydine, which would then uh, be similar to uh, Razaphon, which deliberately took like uh, I keep on forgetting which is whether or not it's incorrect. I think it's Aztec. They deliberately take like Aztec influence and make them like really over the top because they have really over the top like supernatural beings uh, in that part but it, they said no in this one we're going to pick Christianity because it hadn't back when Evangelion first turned up uh, back in the 90s it just wasn't done very much particularly for robot shows now you yeah, can't move for stuff enough. but back back then it was quite unusual and it gave it a Ooh, I really, flavor. do you know what I'd really like to see the um, you know like the Christian Broadcasting Network who make all these really cheesy crappy films about how god is wonderful oh i want to see them make a giant robot show oh that'd be amazing are you thinking of like perhaps the the giant robot version of bible man that would be awesome i would find that hilarious beyond words yeah because bible man is kind of hilarious i do love how he's got a friggin bible quote for everything yeah that's the one thing they don't do. They don't actually quote any actual stuff. It's just to give, like, cool things. Like, they say the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like, the Dead Sea Scrolls don't mention anything like what happens in Eva. Like, the Dead Sea Scrolls, we barely know what's written on them. It's a very... It's just something to say to where Sele got all their stuff. But that's no different than saying, you know, we, we got all this information from the remnants of the Dark Dimension or from the Mu that were secretly hidden in Japanese shrines or from... Uh, like hidden in a secret data cache on Mars. It's all it's all the same stuff. I still want someone to be just like a guest. What? I just thought if I stuck that with that with that, I'd make a giant robot, and it worked. Yeah, it was and, a guest. Uh, in all fairness, it was a guess. Did you have any engineering training? <laughs> nah, I was a pizza man. I made pizza. I delivered pizza, and then one day I just thought, do you know when you put cheese on pizza? What if we did that with robotics and biology? And I made my first giant cyborg mech. <laughs> You say that going away from these current movies. If you remember Death and Rebirth and like the the flash, the super flashback. This is what everyone was doing yeah. fourteen years ago. Episodes of Eva, they it feels like that's what Gurren was doing. <laughs> feels like that's what they were doing because there's just <laughs> there's just loads of skeletal Evas that are barely functional. <laughs> well, yeah, they, that was just a and case speaking of speaking of skeletal so and we've... barely functional. <laughs> yes, we have the third angel actually turning up in the start of this movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was the whole film was skeletal and barely functional. Nah, the, and I was, the film was... I was ready to leave. I thought, oh, we're going to have a reversal, because last time I thought the film was pointless and I didn't really enjoy it and I didn't see the point in it even existing. And then this one, I'm like, oh, it exists so they can make a good film now. <laughs> That's not now a good way... I understand. That's not a good way to make a film. <laughs> no, no, but it is how uh, the Death Note films were. The oh, first no. live-action Death Note from Japan was awful. Mm. Absolutely tripe. And the second one was fantastic. So it was like, hey, there you go. Yeah, but what I meant is you, uh, the, the third angel turns up and it's just a skeleton because it had been picked apart by Nerve. Yeah. In, um, in backstory. And some fantastic English coming from Kaiji there. Oh, <laughs> you, see, Kaiji. Ah, you see, I, I actually listened to it in English. Oh, so you listen to the dub. Yeah, he speaks in English when he's talking to them because there's a load of people who are... Everyone in there speaks English apart from Mari. Ah, okay. So well, there's like this so with the f- bit yeah. where there's Kaiji. Kaiji in very bad English, sort of going, all that was left was some bones. Some bones. And he, he says like, uh, well, with that, good luck. But he says it like all at once. He doesn't go, and with that said, uh, good luck. He goes, he just goes, and with that, good luck. It's almost as if someone had given the actor a phonetic read of what they wanted him to say. You can't ask everyone to do this, uh, but Mari Illustrious Mirakami, 
the new character who turns up in the opening sequence play in the Japanese uh, dub is played by Maya Sakamoto and she can speak English very well so there's a period when she bumps into Shinji on the top of the school she's talking to someone on the phone that's all in English mm. in the Japanese dub done by Maya Sakamoto oh, okay. very well but Murray is supposed to be I think half or partially English and Japanese so okay but sh- Ma- but of course you can't ask Maya Sakamoto to talk in a second language and in another accent so she does it in an American accent <laughs> so you have this <laughs> half British character saying I'm in a school of some sort and you're like <laughs> and you're like okay I think it's amazing because it's really understandable English don't get weird about the fact that she's talking in an American accent <laughs> okay I, I've literally not noticed her name beyond Mary. I knew she was Mary, but hmm. illustrious Makina- that's Mirakami, she's named after ridiculous name uh, she's named after a uh, a ship, because all right. all of the three pilot ladies so far are all named after ships is that why they changed Asuka's name? yeah, they changed Asuka's a- name to also have um, Shikinami she is now instead of Langley Soyu it's sh- Kinami or something. It's like, yeah, the, the E sound comes yeah. after the K sound. But it's hard uh, to pronounce that's... on our end. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't like they changed her name. I didn't really see the point. But um... Well, she's a very different character. It feels. Uh, I disagree with that from this first film. Maybe she's very, very different later, but... Oh, I think she's very, very different now. When you look at how she interacts with everyone, she's like portrayed as being really insular. For like the first part of the f- film, she's all on like that little Game Boy game and yeah. uh, she's always knocking people away and when she actually interacts with um, Hikari it's like in a really awkward way um, yeah. but in the TV show she's really gregarious, everyone really likes her and she like loves the attention but she kind of actually like pushes everyone away a lot more in this version mm. But Before we move off the, the vocals though mm. so I watched the last film I, I actually switched between the two to sort of get a feel for both um, so I watched half of it in English and half of it in Japanese. Mm. And this film, I just stuck with the English because the thing is, I watched the original series in English, so yeah, I do, I do prefer it, and it is sort of, you know, a bit nostalgic. But the weird thing is, they've got the vast majority of the voice actors are back in their same role as they were twenty years ago. And they sound very but different. it's been twenty, it's been twenty years. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, oh wait, have they changed Asuka's voice actor? And I looked it up and I was like, no, they haven't. She's just 20 years older and therefore sounds different. Hmm. And it's sort of, it's actually a bit weirder than if they just changed the voice actor in some ways. But it's it's uh, one of the sort of perils of making a show that's meant to be set at the same period years and years later. Like the other example I know of is, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio show. Yeah, when they did the radio show. 20 yeah, years they later. Did. And yeah, like... and, and they use the same actors, but it's a case of it's meant to be like a week in universe since the last episode and suddenly everyone's aged 20 years according to their voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, no, I think I think they got most people back. I think uh, there was one or two that I did notice that were different, but for the mass- vast majority they're all back and they're all sounding similar enough that you can kind of not have any sort of dissonance between them. Which is I interesting it, because that's... the Netflix dub is different, completely different yeah. in the past. Yeah, because they couldn't get the a- ADV license or something, could they? Uh, I didn't it's, know I, what they I, had I, to do. As far as I remember, this is... Uh, I can be completely wrong here, but as far as I remember, it's because the rights to um, the, the visuals, the everything, and making a dub of it can be sold by the original um, people who made it in Japan. Mm. But the right to the actual dub that ADV made rests with ADV. whoever bought ADV's assets after they went under. Yeah, and it's so, cheaper to just... Yeah, it's it. cheaper for them to redo it mm. than it is to them to pay the original dub's license. Because, mm. yeah. Ugh. But why not? It's nice to have... I like. It's the same of like having uh, plays. I like the idea of having multiple casts do the same play. It should be the yeah. same for like uh, animation, because that's the advantage yeah. you have with animation. You can have multiple actors do the same show. Well, the other advantage is you get a hell of a uh, creative license for visuals and giant effects. In, well, it uh, takes animation. a lot of work. Everyone's got to design everything. 
Like, if, yeah. if you're doing production design on a live action show, which is no mean feat and, like, genuinely difficult, but if you want a mug, you go out, you buy a mug, you get it cleared with legal, and you use it. If you want a mug in an animation one, you've got to ask your prop designer, design a mug. It's for this character. What about the other characters we're drinking? Design different mugs for them. <laughs> get the... Obviously, they generally don't. Generally, you create one mug, but that's how it is. Everything, like every bit of furniture, every little piece of clothing a character in animation uses has to be designed. And it has to be designed like quite effectively because you don't know who might have to draw or redraw that scene or who's doing the in-betweens and who might need to reference something. So you need like detailed references of every prop and everything that's used in animation. That's where it gets fiddly and really time-consuming. Yeah. Um... Speaking of interesting props, because I, I keep on coming to the, the opening, because I do like the fact that, that they open in a nice, fancy action sequence with Provisional Unit 5, I believe, mm. which is train-based Eva <laughs> that's yeah, powered it was by... Yeah, a cool, different style one, yeah, yeah. powered by tram lines. And I just the love that is, whole though, bit. Alright, so my understanding of the whole the Eva thing, obviously spoilers for Eva and everything, mm. is that it kind of needs to be at least semi-humanoid looking because A, it's got the soul of a human in it and B, it's got to translate to the person inside for the synchronization. Mm. So the fact that she's got like four arms extra, I was going how does that translate? Like, can she feel like she's got four arms when she's in it? I mean, there's a reason why the the Eva's, you know, mostly stick to translating uh, standard brain signals into robot movements. Well, this is another one of those things where I'd say, like, the diegetic uh, reason can be anything you want it to be when they bring it up, but the real reason is of, is likely merchandising or someone found it cool and they wanted to do train Eva. Yeah, well, it is cool. It's yeah. a cool Eva, and it's a shame that it's gone and we may not see it again. Yeah, well, yeah, that particular Unit 5, as far as I'm aware, we don't see again. It's a pity, because I wouldn't mind, like, an Eva that had, like, a different shape. And so far, yeah, they all end up... Um, they all end up pretty much humanoid. Although there are some nice, like, Eva designs that appear only in this movie and are never seen again, and I'm like, oh, I miss them. Hmm. But yeah, so yeah, we get introduced to Kaiji, who wasn't in the last one, which makes sense, and Mari. And then immediately afterwards, yeah, Asuka's introduced. I want to know what you think about the new angel and Asuka's introduction. Because I... What, the way she just wipes it out and it's like, I'm so really awesome at this. Yeah. Oh, no, I always I wondered it. whether I or not it was really good. find it weird because, like, uh, occasionally Eva will do like this thing where either fighting an angel is, like, really difficult. Oh, my God, yeah. Or they'll do another one where it's, like, kind of... Like immediate, like Mari's one, and then immediately after they'll do one that's like really cool and be like, "Wow, this kind of reminds me of Gunbuster," particularly with that kick. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Gunbuster, they were like, "Oh, it's really difficult as well," but you know, it just feels like feels like showy even for Eva standards, where she kicks on the last arrow and the last arrow goes through all the other arrows <laughs> until it reaches the AT field. We've got um, thirteen total as well, so you can't really have many. Th I mean. You can't have that many throwaway ones if you're going to really do them properly, but when you've got only a couple of films and it looks like... I mean, this film had a lot faster plot than I was expecting as well. The end of this one is what I was expecting to be at the end of the third film, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be fair. Um, but no, they sort of went a lot faster. And I think... You can just kind of just kill some angels very quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, not? there's no, there's like nothing it. in the films that says they have to do all thirteen mm. for a start. I do love the angel that is like walking on the water, and as it hits the water, it freezes it so they can keep walking yeah. on the water, which is nice. Although I should say, before that, even then, there's the uh, graveyard scene, which has like the most important shot in the movie that I can remember, which is. Shinji and Gendo are talking about Yui and there's this shot of them both looking in the opposite direction while talking to each other with exactly the same expression on their face and to me that's mm. like that's like their whole relationship in one visual like picture one shot yeah. in one frame so you can just see like oh all right okay that's that's the problem with Shinji and Gendo I'm assuming if the listeners want to know why the sirens are there, it's because you've been finally busted for your 
horrible illegal activities. Oh, did the sirens get through, darn. Yeah. <laughs> Busted. But, um... If they keep doing it, I'm going to close the window. One second. But go on. Keep, you keep saying your thing. No, no, I was just going to say that, um... I enjoyed... I do... I liked things like the graveyard scene because look, the first film I really did feel like the problems I had with it were that it's just these big long fights with angels, and in between there was a bit of characterization or a bit of a sort of explanation. But it really just felt like they were getting you to the next giant robot one. Whereas this one, I did feel like it was an actual sort of proper film that cared about introducing its characters and having them talk to each other and maybe go places and do stuff that wasn't. It just didn't seem as perfunctory, the non-giant fighty robot bits. Well, everything's established now. Naturally. Well, exactly. But now they can go, here are all these other characters. Mm. What did you think of uh, the... Well, I suppose that's the other nice big one, is the the scene. I was waiting... I was hoping, thinking that early on in this podcast recording that you would mention how the ocean's red now. And it wasn't in the... In the original version of Eva. They've changed it. So no, the second impact... It's red... In the original version, it's red after third impact, whereas in this, it's red after second. Mm. Yeah. No, I um, I remember actually during the first film commenting on that the ocean was red, but we only saw it very briefly in the first film every now and then, and it was usually just after an angel had been killed in it. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, there's so much blood, the ocean's turned red. And then in this one, it was like, oh, yeah, I guess all the ocean's red? And ten minutes later... Okay, she's like, so now all the ocean's red there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. But I did, I did like that. They had this really over-the-top, intricate place to preserve like what little marine life is still around. Yeah, no, I did really like that. It had was, some um... you know, random weird stuff just happening. Like the, the cleaning sequence is just hilarious, where it's just like, keep on going. <laughs> yeah, no, I really liked that. Again, it's it felt like... They had time to do the charm of the TV series, which is, I think, a lot of it. Well, they know? had time to do a lot of other irritating charm of the TV series. Like, the camera, in a few scenes, spends a lot of time ogling Asuka. Okay, if you want to talk about that as well, I was going to bring it up later on, but you know when she puts on her test suit? Oh, yeah. Right? I was like, she puts on her test suit and she's like, hey, this test suit, it's quite comfortable. But who designed it? It's like... A real pervert must have done that. I mean, what was wrong with my current one? And I said, saying that out loud doesn't fix it. Yeah, it's like you, you know? still went and did it. We know that we know that it's an animated movie. You could have just you, you didn't not... have to do that. It's like if this was a piece of historical, you know, whatever. Like if you're watching a historical something and they go, "Yeah, this is genuinely the uniform that I've been given, and historically it's accurate." Wow, must have been designed by a real pervert. That's social commentary. That's fine. But that doing it in this show is just trying to pretend that you get that you've done a bad thing mm. makes it okay to do it. When you know? No. I, it's, it's like if, you know, Kaiji lunges at someone and kisses them and then goes, hey, looks like I didn't ask for your consent there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but the fact that you mentioned it doesn't make it okay. Oh yeah, that was another one that was kind of uncomfortable, which is like, Gay, gay what, Panic the, Shinji. Yes, Gay Panic Shinji. Well, to be fair, um, if you want to talk uncomfortable, like, you can, again, the whole of its time argument is one that I actually of do. Of its time? This was, what, 2009? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is exactly my point. I'm like, of its time argument is sort of a bit of a thing where it's uncomfortable to have that as an argument, but it is a pseudo-legitimate argument in that, yeah, you just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's annoying that it is, but it's, it is of its time. So if you were watching the Ever TV show in 97, there are a few things where you're like, oh, it's time. But not 20 years later. I'm fully aware that this was made and only, you know, 10 years later or however long it had been between. But yeah, the the gay panic from Shinji, not great. And the misogyny from Toji, not great. You know? Oh, what, like the that. thing that he randomly says that? Well, that's just something that someone randomly says and everyone admonishes him for it. It's just weird to hear that from Toji. It's like, well, he's not nice. I'm kind of glad he didn't end up involved in the whole Unit 4, or is it Unit 6 in this four. version? Unit 4. Yeah, I also think that's an interesting change. It's, it's interesting to go, I like hey, we're going to do the... I mean, basically what you're doing is taking a character who was 
I don't know, you could arguably say he was fridged in the original. He's only really there to motivate Shinji. Um, eh. And he dies horribly to do so. He doesn't die. But Yeah, he does. In the manga, he does. Oh, in the manga, he dies. Yeah, in the manga, he dies. In the anime, he doesn't. He just loses his legs. In the anime, he loses uh, legs and But this time arms, now, I instead, they, they both fridge Asuka, and then after the whole event, they literally stick her in a fridge. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but no, I do think you've taken away, like... I quite liked the Toji finally is like you're a pilot especially because it gave his character like something to do mm. because okay so well Toji and Kisuke are way more prevalent in the anime like they're kind of, of the along with like Ritsuko mm. I think they're characters who are quite prominent in the anime who have been kind of paired back not really in this at all what Ritsuko? No, um She's not really in this at all. She basically is someone to bounce um, ideas off. But because Ritsuko's friggin' the culmination of her art gets so creepy and sexist, I'm kind of glad that this hasn't happened. Ritsuko, weirdly enough, having less importance in the story makes me feel better for her because then she doesn't get turned into, like, the lady who sleeps with Gendo who has, like, a really disgusting interrogation scene later on in the anime and everything. But the thing is... Um, if you take Toji's actual thing, like, there's a few things in the anime that were fleshed out in the manga, and that was a bit nicer just because the anime feels quite rushed. Like, if you rewatch it, I didn't remember feeling like it was rushed, but when I rewatched it, I was like, they do kind of have a lot to sort of jam in a lot of the time. But if you look at Toji, he's sort of, he's around in the background quite a bit, but at the beginning, he's just sort of instigating the event of, I'll bully you because my sister's in the hospital. Hmm. But then, like, him getting signed up, and then he's like, I'll only do it if my sister gets, like, proper medical treatment or whatever it was. Hmm. And then after one thing, he's just immediately smashed. And it's the same with Karu. You know, he turns up and he's there like, hi, I'd just like to introduce myself. I'm this character. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do now. I'm going to do one piloting, and then I'm just going to not be in it anymore. (laughs) But um, by removing that, you've made Toji even less relevant to anything. Yeah, well, Scrim, like you said, he said a nasty thing during... (laughs) During the trip to the aquarium. By the way, I do like... So one, we actually get to see Toji's sister, which is nice. She's not just Mm. an off-screen sister. Yeah. And she's actually looked after. But also, is there's this nice little in-joke that they make when they're all having ice cream, uh, like ice lollies together. And Toji eats his ice lolly and he goes, Oh, I didn't win anything. And it's like, yeah, he's not lucky in this one, so he doesn't get picked. It's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's Asuka instead who gets horribly mangled in her and gets like uh, likely brain contamination from meeting an angel. I do, do like you know what his hmm? his stupid his stupid comment of like uh, you if you're a man you shouldn't be in the kitchen comment. Hmm. That's really stupid about that. Yeah, he's not got a mother because that's the whole fucking point of all the pilots yeah. is that they don't have that all their mothers died in second impact. I don't think it's that's... really that, is it? Yeah, no, that, um, I, I read up on this after I watched the film. I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to just check a couple of things. And um, because the soul of the mother is required to make the ever, like, I th- I don't know, I think that's nonsense. a bit of fan, just because of um, Shinji and Asuka's evas. I don't know if that's really required. Like, mm. Ray, you know, syncs up with plenty of them. And... Um, Ray. And Mi- no, and, and Mari syncs up with Asuka's and... with no problem, and Unit 5. Yeah, I suppose it might, it's probably different in the uh, films, necessarily, because in the anime, the only ones Ray ever goes in is Zero and One. Zero is Ray, and One is Yui, I thought, who is, you know... I thought Zero was Ritsuko's source. mother. That's why it keeps on freaking out when they first put Ray in it. But... Myth. I was sure Zero was Ray. Was just another. Or was just another Ray. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a Ray, but anyway, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. They never really spell out a lot of these things. Well, so. because it's one, because like it's better to just leave it, and two, it's like it's not important. <laughs> if you want to get into the mechanics of things, you do. You tend to either need to have really got an airtight mechanics thing going, or it's all gonna sort of. Well, I'd say it's pretty airtight as is from a point of view of a robot show. It's like. Why do kids? Yeah, yeah. Why can only kids pilot the robots? Because it's a robot show. Adults don't pilot robots in a super yeah, robot yeah. show, 
and it's because they're cowards. Like it's thematically shown, it's because they're cowards and they push their problems onto children, in like these two movies. Mm. Like Gendo forces Shinji to fight, uh, or uh, to fight the uh, the angel that's possessing the Eva unit, which causes like massive trauma to Asuka, while Shinji's right there. It's like you know, it's like a, a vehicle to show how adults force their problems on children. Back to like, like Gundam was how that was, I and mean, Gundam like it's actually considered weird when kids pilot the robots. They just always end up doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like that was like to show like the how messed up the world was. Like you had a load of kid uh, kid soldiers because like most of the world was dead. I think from memory though, the canon reason that. They have to use children is because they need to have had like. I don't know about their mother, but I know they all have to be from yeah the from born on the year of the second impact because they all were. Yeah, hmm. and I think it was something about I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is is that. But he's I don't know if he's got a mother at home that could be a thing that he's sort of got in his head. But if he's actually not got a mother, it's a bit weird that he's like, no, women should be in the kitchen cooking and not men. It's like. If you're raised by just your dad, or just like maybe a foster person or an orphan, is this a weird thing to have imprinted in your brain? Indeed, that's some weird, weird comment generally. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and it is just a case of I don't know. Is it, there's two sorts of ones with this. There's ones where when they put something like that in, and it's meant to be funny, like Shinji's, like Shinji's um, panic about you know maybe he's going to kiss me and he's a man. Mm. That's well, also it's without his consent funny. as well. Yeah, no, I know. That's but yeah, it's that sort of the meant to be funny thing. But the other one is often sometimes they're doing it just to shorthand. You shouldn't like this character. Mm. Look at the views they hold. But um, I don't know. I feel like the first one's the one that's not really okay. Is when isn't it funny because he's doing that to him? Mm. And to be fair, Shinji's gonna have to get over it fucking quickly because Kara's gonna come and do way more than try and kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> Karu in a very cool Eva, you know. So, Karu, okay. So things. Karu turns up in three scenes rather than one scene in this one. He turns up when uh, Fuyutsuki and uh, Gendo are looking at Eva Six on the moon. Ooh, and I do like when that scene. They're spying on the moon. I love the idea that you could spy on the moon. <laughs> well, the the thing is, they fly up to it on on their own and they ask for boarding permission, and they're just being told no. So they go, fine, we'll just fly next to the thing we wanted to look at. And you see an Eva being built, which is kind of cool. And you see, I know, but you just sort of like, do you know what, this would have been easier? Giant telescope. Giant telescope. Well, it can, it can be hard to see high-definition pictures of the moon. Like, something, even something as big as an Eva would be hard to see from Earth on the moon. It might be when we don't have the current technology to build giant moon bases <laughs> full of giant robots. But um, if you had the technology... I mean, this is set fairly technologically beyond us, because I don't think we could at the minute without, you know, problems, build all the shit that they've got for all the other stuff. You're forgetting like the geofront. it's kind of important that they're in space at that point so that the angel can come in and leave Katsuragi um, entirely in yeah. charge. But um, the other thing being... Uh, so yeah, Karu turns up in that one and then he turns up when he's getting ready to go down to Earth and then he turns up in the post credit sequence. So a few things about that. Karu's putting his plug suit on is synced up with Asuka putting her plug suit on to show the rising tension of everything. And uh, Asuka puts her plug suit on and it does the whole thing where it goes up, becomes skin tight and her hair blows out. Makes sense. It's pushing all the air out. Karu does it on the moon and his hair still moves. And I'm like, you spend all this time doing all this gorgeous animation, all this gorgeous, like, I love the whole bit that they do early of, like, and, you know, Tokyo 3 in the morning, and you see all the solar panels work, and all this detail, and, like, all the switches and everything. You couldn't remember that there's no air on the moon. I mean, I understand how, like, yeah, Karu talks and stuff, and he's walking around, but they explicitly said it's you can't be outside with that spacesuit which means it's a low pressure environment on the moon why yeah he's out there because he's an angel not yeah because he's a person yeah he's out there because he's an angel so there shouldn't be any air on the moon <laughs> and the other thing is you know when he turns up and you finally see uh ava six in the post credit sequence and it looks really cool and you see it in the next time sequence okay we have never seen that robot again it doesn't turn up on the next movie 
And I really That's... like Eva 6. It's blue. It's got a samurai headpiece on it. It looks freaking cool. Never turns up. And then they also mention, I think, what was it, Ava 8 or Ava 7 as well, that turns up in the next thing. And you see it, and it's like this interesting Cyclops one with everything. Doesn't turn up in the next movie. Nothing in the Shame. next of, even in terms of the animation, appears in the next movie. Oh, yeah, no, I remember you, because I got annoyed at the end of the first film. Yeah, doing that. With all the spoilery things, and you were like, no, it doesn't turn up, so it's fine. Mm. Even more so in this one. Like, I'm, I'm d I deliberately think that's done, like, to mess with everyone. Yeah. Well, if you're going to have everyone, like, spending years uh, between the films working out what's going to be in it and trying to work out the spoilers and everything, mm. um, yeah, just give them false things to go on. Yeah. Why not, indeed? And, uh, what else? So, yeah, that's, that's Karu. Karu just appears in those, in those sequences. Uh... Which, again, I still say is simply because Karu is such a popular character that Karu absolutely has to be... In every... You know, at least in a like, oh, but No, no, no. No, he will be here. He will be here. Honest. Just stick around a bit longer. Just one more film. One more film and then it'll be all Karu all the time. <laughs> he is in the next film. Yeah, exactly. He is properly in the next film. Um, hey, I haven't seen it yet, so don't... Yeah, don't We're spoil not talking it. Sorry, about yeah, the next yeah. film. Well, yeah. Um... So, yeah, it's actually, this is more about Asuka, because Asuka's the one that turns up and has an arc where she's like, oh, you know, maybe it's all right to count on other people and everything. It's like a very truncated version of her original arc. It's like, I'm the best because, you know, mummy, like, completely objectified and ignored me, so I'm going to be, like, a super amazing object that everyone really likes. Oh, no, wait, maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's nice to communicate with other people. I'm going to be, be a better person, and then the existential horror of the angels arrives, which, you know, could always mean, like, as always with these things where you have existential threat coming in, they can actually, they can literally mean, like, the, the existential horrors that come to us in real life. So it's like, oh, I'm going to get my life back together, and something bad happens, like, something bad happens to one of your friends, or you come down with an illness, or something like that. That's what I always think that whole thing works. And so Asuka is, like, in a way, pretty much fridged, because it's there to make Shinji really angry and give up piloting an Eva for the start of the third act of the movie. Yeah, which is just there, so that he's not around when they decide to fridge Rey. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they, do pretty, uh, they do pretty much fridge Rey as well. They're like, wait, wait, we want to fridge Rey, but, if, but, but we can't, or Shinji be there to save her. Wait, I've got a solution. How about if we fridge Asuka? To be able to retrain. I believe as well, because this is 2009, this is before um, Madoka Magica came out. So the weird extendo mouth that bites off the top of a character was done here first, before Shaft yeah. did it in Madoka Magica. The, the thing with that as well, though, um, I quite like the whole, you know, Ray kills herself to save you thing from the original and they redo it here and that's also nice and then it doesn't work whereas it did in the anime yes it did in the anime like, and this one it's like no because you know no they're essentially combining again to... a lot of other angel fights aren't they yeah which is absolutely fine but no it's a case of no that but that didn't work all that meant was that you're now disabled and injured and going to get eaten mm. but it also now looks like ray isn't gonna be dead but that's a very important thing in the anime is that Ray dies and therefore when they remake it, they grab another clone and put the memories in it. Mm. They then go, well, she's kind of had to, you know, degrade her character progression as well. Mm. And I like that. And, and the dissonance between, you know, what she did and where she is when she comes back sort of is a thing with Shinji going like, there's this, there's this. And she's like, you know, she, she doesn't have the... Um, personality that was quite at the point when she died. Mm. But they're not going to do that. Now it's just, yeah, no, that's fine. Now Shinji's just going to pull her naked out of her sad box. And um, they're now. So if we're doing I that, assume... that's really cool. So we're going to talk about Shinji's fight in that. Shinji comes right at the end after everyone else has already been beaten up and he takes on Unit yeah. 1 in a really well made fight. And the bit that I actually really like the most is when Shinji forces the angel onto the lift, like the Eva yes. lift, and he, and he like, kicks the start 
thing and shoots them back up out of t- out of the headquarters, back up onto the the geo front. And I think that's just yeah, so that cool. Yeah, that was really good. That did happen in the anime, didn't it? I know. I, mean, I think I, yeah, I he did. He did the same thing. He they're like the angel for that for that very angel as well in the anime. It breaks in and Shinji comes at the last minute and drags it out. And drags it out. Yeah, no, I, I remember that not being the first time I've seen that, but it was very cool. I still mm. always love that bit. Yeah, but this they is... get bloody close. Mm. But this is where it gets very different, isn't it? Is because before very, uh, very he, it goes yeah. berserk, and we don't hear what happens to Shinji. Shinji basically, I think, goes beyond the plug depth and like merges too and much. And then he dissolves. He dissolves into the LCL. Yeah, but this is different. And... This one, isn't it? In this one, like he does mm-hmm. it himself, which I think is fresh for Eva to the extent that in Super Robot Wars, I think Super Robot Wars T, it becomes a super mode for Shinji in Eva One. If you get enough will in, it transforms into Berserk Eva with the the AT field arm mm. and gets way stronger. I did notice it was an AT field arm rather than um, a regen in the anime. Arm. Which yeah, either he, in the anime there's one time where it regens and another time where he rips it off the angel and sticks it on and just takes over the arm. Yeah, that was yeah that was in the anime and in, in that fight in the anime he rips like a bit of its ribbon off and remerges it into a new arm, which is cool. Yeah. I'm not sure which is cooler, actually, in that one. And basically, the Eva starts acting like an angel, so it's like, well, fudge, it's no, <laughs> it's no different now. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I really like it. But yeah, this thing is, I assume that he's also dissolved into the LCL just like before. But I think he's also. But he's done it himself to... in this one because you see it because there's this no, no, yeah, like gorgeous bit where he's trying to get into the other angel's core and it's like you see it outside as the robot version you see like it from Shinji's perspective and he's like trying to push into like this goo and it's made to look really hard I think yeah it's great to see Shinji especially when his skin's like being flayed off. off yeah I like that because oh, yeah. no that's a good again a good representation of how hard it is for him but he's still doing it and it's nice to see Shinji mm. doing something painful that he know that to he needs someone. to do well not to help someone also to help himself and that's like yeah. a good thing of Shinji's advancement. And it's like, no, it's, it's probably really, the best part of, like, number two. It's like, oh, I will do these painful things. Because I can... I really liked this mm. Shinji as well. Like, Shinji is very hit or miss as a character. I didn't like him at all in the first film because he was annoying. In this one, he was much better mm. because he was either trying or doing or achieving. Well, yeah, well, that's and when development, even, isn't it? Even when he was being, like, a runaway person, it was because of a decision rather than... It was a case of, after what you did with the dummy plug, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And, you know, him, him actually having some sort of agency in the story rather than just being dragged from pillar to post is a lot more satisfying to watch. Mm. Yeah, I did I did like how this works. I do like how the moment he leaves, <laughs> immediately, angel attack... <laughs> But yeah, and he dumped. He gets rid of his um, gets rid of his uh, Walkman or whatever it was that he had. Yeah, yeah. He bends it, and then Ray finds it, and then Ray. Ray does keep it, it as well. But I like that because I like that because it's his. He said I kept it because it was my father's, and I because yeah. he generally does want to be liked and have a good relationship with his father, and it's like, and that's him. Like literally, no, I give up because I trusted yeah. him. We were all gonna try even though it's hard and it's like and then like he completely betrayed me and everything speaking of which by the way i like how he took everyone hostage in the movie because of course in order to save animation time it's just him in the 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 docking bay in the anime and he just threatens to self-destruct the eva yeah um that's how it happens in the tv series in this one he literally sort of breaks out Breaks all the way into Terminal Dogma is standing on the like the pyramid they've got there and it's just like I'm gonna fuck shit up. Mm. I do like that. It, it it makes it more clear of like the kind of tantrum it is and everything, and it makes Shinji appear like he's got more control over an understanding over how the Eva works, which is nice. Yeah, because the fact that he can like hack to stop them from Force. being able to externally mo- you know control it. Mm. Um, one thing I did think, though, was, you know when Gendo's, like, turn the dummy plug system on? Mm. That angel's long dead, and then it's still... No, at no point does he go, like, yep, yeah, okay, we can probably turn it off now. Yeah. Just let's it keep going. Mm. Like, the angel's clearly dead, yeah. and 
definitely not moving. They've got those readings on the screen or whatever, and Leander's just like, no, no. Let it have a bit more fun. Let it chew up the corpse a bit. Maybe maybe it can bite into the fucking plug at this point and crush the pilot. Because you know what? It actually pulls out the plug, puts it in its mouth, goes, grrr, for 10 to 20 seconds, and then crunches down. And at no point does Gendo just go, yeah, turn it off, would you? I think because she's past the contamination limit, so it's all Angel by that point, and it all needs to be removed as far as he's concerned. Yeah, at which point, why do they bother like saving her after that? Well, no, they don't. All... She's a sample. Uh, they say that. She's like she's like when when they well that's the thing they the fifth angel or the sixth angel in this one when it blew up but I do remember in the TV series whenever an angel didn't completely blow up they they always made a point of saying oh it's good we've got samples now so we can work out how angels work which is like good luck they quite clearly are designed to be completely different each time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind so of what it makes looks them like so angels horrifying. work like this. Oh no, wait, yeah, they're exactly apart from the an AC field. All the time. Nothing else. <laughs> That keeps makes them the same. A core. They've all got a core, and they've all got an AT field. Yeah, core somewhere. I know there was that virus one, but yeah. Um, the so yeah, actually speaking, of which we're going this backwards, but yeah, the 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 drop angel as well, the one that happens when Katsuragi's involved. Oh, we gonna catch it. Well, yeah. we gonna catch it. I do like that whole sequence. That's very cool because this is the only time they have to do like an angel fight with all three evas mm. and like i did like that yeah it's a big change from the original one where they just try and hold it up and they just stab it in the eye in this one <laughs> it just keeps on cracking it up first of all it's got a head uh, like a sort of mini body that skewers shinji's arms then the core yeah. moves around so they have to hold the core in place <laughs> And then when it's blown up and you just see the remains of Eva 1 and its arms are like wrecked and you're like, oh, oh. But also running to get there, I keep on forgetting, like that really cool bit of them raising platforms to allow Eva Unit 1 to turn better while keeping yeah, speed. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, but it's mainly there, so there to be really cool. This is what's is. nice about the Eva, is, is it'll do this whole thing of like... It really could be two shows. It's like half of it is like, sometimes if you want to... You know, make amends with people and everything. You have to do painful stuff, and if you want to make yourself feel better, you have to do painful things and not run away from them. And you have to acknowledge, and you have to acknowledge your own feelings and work through them. You can't just run away, or you'll be trapped in a state of arrested development. And the other one is, hey, dudes, we're fucking running up a wall with our robot tubular. We're gonna kick this arrow, and it's gonna go through seven other arrows and into this guy's ball. Awesome. Welcome to extreme Eva sport. Oh, and I think I do think that sort of co this sort of dissonance between some of like the more over the top stuff and like the human drama is like what makes Eva kind of fun. Like sometimes it goes in in a weird way. Do you know when like the so when 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 the angel takes over the test Eva that Asuka's doing and immediately everyone gets notified of it. There's this ridiculously over the top thing of of Gendo's driver turning his car around in slow motion and you just see like the driver going like oh spinning his arms round and Gendo's like on the phone with his glasses illuminated by the sun just hearing about it and it's just, it's just like it could be like a ad or something it's just like in a Michael Bay movie it's like we've just heard turn this car around overall though mm. It was a very good film, and it, it did seem to really work. I did think there was a bit of fan service -y nonsense, but what else do, can you expect from this sort of stuff? Yeah, like, again, I didn't say like, the other stuff, and of course, like, there were, like, loads of, loads of bits of, like, leering up at Asuka's underwear, and Asuka, like, yes. randomly cooking in an apron and a sports bra and shorts and nothing else, which is both, like, and, leery and totally copying my style. Also, um, Shinji can't meet women without groping them. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, yeah, Mari literally falls out of the sky onto him and is immediately straddling him with his head in her cleavage. Yeah. 
Oh, and we've got to be aware that she has above-average cleavage as well. Yeah. The show would really like you to be aware of Mary's cleavage. Mm. It's like, ugh. But, yeah, it's a bit much, but, it? but speaking the thing of... Is, I didn't feel like Mary was even in it, really. I mean... Mary she, does kind she, of she exist a bit. from what I've seen, just to be another good Eva pilot who's nearby. Yeah. I mean, she's basically turns up to go, hey, I'm here secretly. I mean... We established in the opening that I'm really good at this, and now I'm here secretly. Guess you'll see me later. Disappears. Oh, and is also uncomfortably weird with the whole, you smell like LCL. I like that smell, mm. because it means that it reminds me of when I'm being an Ava pilot. I like that. Mm. It's like, yeah, really great characterization there. <laughs> She's just kind of weird and creepy, they but likes piloting. Had a lot of back and forth with uh, Mari, um... Like, they didn't know what they were going to do. Originally, she was, uh, according to Eva Wikis, which, by the way, are really badly written and horrible, and so don't trust 90% of the stuff written on it. But while we're here, uh, they do say, apparently, she was going to nick a lot of the, like, set Asuka flags and everything. So I'm I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, One thing I just want to say, because I spent ages trying to look it up. So when she approaches the angel in the base and the start, the song that she sings is part of the song of the three-five-six step march by Kyoko Suenseki. I thought I, tr- I tried to look it up, but all you find is references to Evangelion when you look up the actual um, <laughs> look up the actual name of the song and songwriter, which is a pity because I was totally hoping it was some sort of uh, like other train reference because the beaver itself is like made like a tram, but no, no, in- no. Uh, no indication, sadly, in my little bit of research. Um, I did like when she comes back, though, and she's like, I'm going to hack the back door of this Eva mm. in order to make it into this super berserk mode that everyone's sort of confused by. Yeah. I did like that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was a cool sequence as well. I, I like that she's one of the few Eva pilots who knows, like, hey, maybe I should dodge out of the way. <laughs> yes. She does a bit maybe of Maybe I should be a capable fighter. Mm. Maybe that's a good idea. So yeah, she's. Uh, she, I, I do like that she's introduced, but she's quite clearly just introduced to be there to do some robot fighting and fun, so that explains why I like her. <laughs> um, bit of fan service. Yeah, she's a fan service character. Uh, speaking, so Which is also weird, considering she's not in the... I mean, fan service is generally, you know... This, uh, it's either, here's some stuff you liked from the original, but more gratuitous, or it's... Let's put in a point of view, Mary Sue, for the audience person to interact with everyone. Mm. And she's neither of those things. So it's weird to have fan service about a character who didn't exist before. Mm. It is something that, is a, that appeared in Eva fanfiction before Rebuild came out of getting an extra Eva pilot. And they even messed around with it in various forms of the Shinji Ikari raising project, both the games and the manga, where all of the kids become Eva pilots. So Kisuke becomes an Eva pilot, Toji becomes an Eva pilot... And they fight the angels in a more of a happy-go-lucky super robot thing. Like the kind of thing that mm. Ava was deliberately sort of lampooning and making fun and sort yeah, of yeah. criticising the, the tropes of at the start. Just kind of goes back on. But, but that's because Eva like, made so much of its money from merchandising. So that's why you have these things. Like That's why you have all the extra Eva units that turn up just for one bit and then disappear. And it's because... Merchandising. It's why you've got a random new character who's a, a another lady with huge boobs. It's because merchandising. Everyone does love huge boob ladies. Apparently. Well, Get apparently. me a lady with a good plug suit and a huge AT field. She's got huge tracts of AT field. <laughs> Not as huge as Shinji's tracts of AT field. <laughs> uh... No, I did think, um, I'm hoping that the third film gets her to be a bit more of a character, because at the minute, like, you could entirely have had her gone, and all you'd... She's, she's only really there, because if you tried to move things around without her, um, you'd be missing a body. Mm. You know, if, if you said, right, okay, so Toji's not going to be in the Ava, Asker is. Right, okay, well, who's going to be in two then? Oh yeah, we're missing someone. <laughs> that's that's basically it. Yeah. Whereas 
you know, you remove Mary, all that has to happen is you put you put Asuka out of four and back into two, and then Toji has to go back into four. Yeah. So, this one came out in 2000... So these are the three that kind of came out with regular distances, because uh, Evangelion Rebuild 1 came out in 2007. Then this one, the one we're talking about, came out in 2009. And the next one we're going to talk about, Evangelion 3, You Can Not Redo was released in 2012, so a bit longer time period, and now in 2020, <laughs> even longer time period, we might get the, 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 the fourth one, which at the moment is called Evangelion 3 plus one. <laughs> oh my god, that's just so stupid. Yeah, this is the thing, right, when you suggested why don't we do Evangelion, I said, yeah, how about the new films? They're over, right? <laughs> Because it's been like, because I remember hearing about them whilst we were at uni. Mm. You know, we were at uni while all of the I think well I think three came. Well, out the first afterwards. one was. You were still at uni when the second one came out, but I'd finished. And oh my god, yeah, it's like when you say, oh yeah, those films that came out while we were at university a decade it, ago. You don't expect the one came that they still be carrying ago. on. There are children that oh. can now talk and everything that were born. When Evangelion 2 came out. Yeah, yeah, that's just annoying. But yes, so while we might be ten years behind, we're also slightly ahead, because we're going to have to do three, and then wait a year for the other film to come out, and then, like, come maybe out on another... Blu-ray. Yeah. But yeah, in the meantime, we'll also probably watch Shin Godzilla, which sadly is not on Netflix, but I'll, uh, I'll find a way for us to watch it. Yeah, I'm sure we can find it somewhere but next time you do know that next time we're going to get our highest rated episode in the history of this entire podcast why and that is because next time we're bringing you more Karu yes it's going to be Karu wall to wall Karu we promise you more Karu than you can shake a Karu at Karu on piano action there's a lot of fantastic (laughs) Karu playing the piano in Evangelion 3 so I hope you're all looking forward to that because his cool Eva, you know, his uh, Eva... It turns into a piano. Yeah, Mark VI uh, doesn't turn up even though it's gorgeous. It's the most gorgeous Eva I've ever seen. And it has... But next time... It has a helmet that makes it look like Date Masamune and it's not fair. And next time, is going to show both you and I and Shinji true happiness. True happiness is playing the piano with your bro.